Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, the devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the true witness. We are in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. This is the second uh, description of Jesus that we're going to focus on from this verse. And so it says, These things says the Amen the faithful and true witness, and the beginning of the creation of God. And so we've already talked about Jesus as the faithful witness in the beginning of Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. We've talked about Jesus as being true in Revelation 3, 7, not too long ago. And now we're talking about Jesus as the true witness. And so I think it's important for our audience to um, focus on Jesus as one, the truth, which we talked about, but in truth as far as the witnessing. So remember the witnessing is a part of uh, the courtroom scenario, that there is a witness who is standing before the judge, and he is witnessing on behalf of those who are being accused or on behalf of what is being judged. And so uh, a big thing in court was that uh, there would be a true witness and not a false witness. And so Jesus is the ultimate true witness. Not only is he the faithful witness, as we talked about, as far as being constant, but he is true. He is true to the Father. Everything that the Father is, he truly witnesses in on behalf of humanity. And so, Brother Daniel, share with us some of your thoughts about Jesus as the true witness. So, Blair, you rightfully pointed out that uh, in the previous devotional, we have focused on Jesus being the true one, and then uh, earlier, we also talk about Jesus being the faithful witness. If Jesus being the true one, and then Jesus being the faithful witness, why do we then have to highlight the fact that Jesus revealed himself once again as the true witness? What is the distinctive aspect in this revelation compared to the earlier revelation of himself? Now, when Jesus revealed himself as a faithful witness, what he is communicating to us is that he's witness is dependable. They are reliable. They are uh, consistent. In other words, that he is not afraid and he is not uh, going to shrink back and he is going to be a dependable witness in terms of all the things that he proclaimed and that he, he, he declared to be true. And so he's going to be there always to stand as that witness faithfully. It, it focuses on the aspect of how uh, his testimony is reliable, consistent. You can always count on it. Whereas as a true witness, we are focusing on the revelation of Jesus that his, the nature of, of his witness is truth. In other words, is that intrinsic nature of his testimony. That his testimony itself is true. They are not false. Now, as a true one, we talk about him as the embodiment of truth. Because he's the embodiment of truth, therefore the intrinsic nature of his testimony is true. In other words, no matter what he says, no matter what he do, no matter what he proclaims, it is true. And so it's an extension of who he is as the embodiment of truth 
that caused his testimony to be true. Now, one of the most important aspects of his testimony or his witness is not just about his testimony about the saints, about the believers that he redeemed from all, all the nation, tribes, and tongues. It's the testimony he has about his father. When in John chapter 14, when Philip asked him, Show us the Father. Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. When Jesus began to do that kind of witnessing, He's saying, Hey, look at me. When you see me, you see the invisible God. I'm the fullness of the Godhead dwell bodily. And when I say that, my revelation is intrinsically true. So I'm the true witness, not only of the works of my father, the words of my father, the attributes of my father, but also I am the true witness of who I am and the works that my father gave me to do. And so I am also the true witness of the fact that the word that I speak to you is the word I hear from the Father, is the commandment of God, is the word of God, is the word of eternal life. When Jesus say, you know, on this rock in Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Oh, Jesus is basically a true witness saying that it is impossible. Hades and the gates of Hades can fire everything at the church. But at the end of the day, the church will still inherit the kingdom. And the church at the end of the day will still be preserved by the Lord. And the church eventually will still overcome the beast in Daniel 7. The redeem of the Lord, the people of God will prevail. The gates of Hades will not prevail. It will look like the power of the holy people will, will be shattered and it's almost like completely without hope and it's lost. But suddenly, the Lord will redeem. The Lord will come with ten thousands upon ten thousands of saints because He's a true witness and the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. So when he said that the Antichrist will be cast into the lake of fire, his witness is true. When he said that the Antichrist had 1,260 days and then his reign is over, it is also true. And we, we, we listen to all these things and we come to the Jesus who is a true witness, then we not only must believe in his word, we must keep His Word. You know, if we have doubt on His Word, we will not memorize His Word. We will not keep His Word. We will not believe in His Word. But if we believe like Peter, you have the Word of eternal life and you are a true witness, then we will devour His Word. We will meditate on His Word. We will keep His Word. We will sing His Word. We will pray His Word. We will walk out in the in obedience, His wonderful Word of God. So I think that our belie uh, every believer in our generation need to really understand why He revealed Himself as a true witness, not just as the true one, not just as a faithful witness. Like I said earlier, faithful witness focus on the dependability and the reliability of His witness. The true one focus on the fact that He is the embodiment of truth, but the true witness focus on the fact that the intrinsic nature of his testimony and his witnessing is always true. Well, Brother Daniel, I think this is a very uh, complimentary revelation of Jesus to uh, what we just talked about in our last podcast, the Amen. And of course, Jesus in his goodness would put those next to each other um, because 
we are coming, the amen, we're coming to agreement with who he is. And this is following up that that amen, he is the faithful and true witness. He is the, the true one in all that he declared and all that he did as a man. Everything as a man that he said and everything as a man that he did were uh, could not, did not have any falsehood in the representation of the Father's will. Well, Blair, you pointed out the relationship between this and Jesus as amen in a very appropriate and timely way because the reason why the amen is always the rightful response to Jesus is not just because he's intrinsically the amen, but it's because he is the true one and his testimony is true and he's the true witness. So when the true witness declares something, or point to something, surely the only appropriate response is amen. So therefore, this is completely uh, resonating. Uh, whether he's an amen or he is the true witness, they are completely in sync with his identity and his attribute. Amen. Amen. So, he's the true witness. Now, because Jesus <laughs> revealed himself as the true witness... Therefore, we must also be true witnesses, like him, imitating him. Because in the Ten Commandments, you know, there is a, say, there is a command against uh, false witnesses. Mm -hmm. And God really hate that. Uh, we call that lies. Mm -hmm. You know, in today's world, sometimes people are quite sneaky and quite slippery with that definition. Some people say white lies, black lies. Lies are lies. And some people say truth, half-truth, alternative truth. Well, lies are lies. So the point is this. False witnesses is something that violates the Ten Commandments because it violates the very nature of who God is. He's the true witness. There is no possibility that he would say something untruthful. So therefore... What the commandment he gave to us is, is an extension of his attribute. Just like he hid adultery. Don't covet someone else's wife or husband. The reason is because he's a faithful bridegroom who keeps his covenant. Every single one of those commandments is an extension of his attribute, including the keeping of Sabbath. Because after the six-day creation, on the seventh day, he rested. And the keeping of the Sabbath is just a, an extension of the attributes of the beauty of God and who He is and His tr amazing work. So we're looking at Jesus, the true witness. So surely He's against anyone who is coming with false witnesses. Mm -hmm. Now in the church today, there are many slander sometimes. Gossip is not just in the society. And the Lord really, really have issue against those things. We have to guard our tongues. We have to be honorable in private and in public. We have to have the fear of the Lord with our speech. Do not bear false witnesses because we want to be true witness just as He's a true witness. Amen. So Jesus, we say thank you that you are the true witness. And because you are the true witness, we are the ones who have received and will continue to receive the true witness that you've given of your Father. And Lord, we ask that today you would empower us with your grace to live as true witnesses in your likeness of what we've been given. That though we have the truth, that we would not just be keepers of the truth, but we would be witnesses of the truth with boldness and with power. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast, and we invite you to join us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul with your love. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy.